Man, it is so good to be home. Um, it, when you're ever you're gone, it just, you, you, you miss it. Um, my wife is so amazing and wonderful, and we try to make sure the house, excuse me, she tries to make sure that the house is clean. I'm one of the ones that's like, it's a dirty dish. Leave it in the sink. You know, it'll be there when we get back from vacation. But she's so awesome. She's like, no, because we want the house to look presentable when we walk in the door. And it's so awesome that she does that because there's no place like home. And it was so beautiful and awesome to be with our family this past week in California. Yes, it's a complete different state. Um, but we went down there with the glory of God, the revival of God going with us. And um, it was just such an awesome time. So I want to share a testimony on that as well. Um, but it's one of those things that when we came home, excuse me, going down, <clears throat> um, I don't know how to say this without getting myself in trouble. MapQuest said it would take us, Google Maps app told me it would take seven hours and 59 minutes. I made sure I looked. And I got there in eight hours and 10 minutes, okay? Now, with four kids in the car, how many of you parents know that's a miracle? That's a miracle. We're believing it. Yes, Jesus. Because we even stopped two different times for like a half hour a time. Or it seemed like a half hour. It might have been shorter. Because I was like, get in the car. Use the restroom. Get in the car. We got to go. And, um, but it was so awesome. We were so excited to get to Grandma and Papa's house um, down in California. And um, it was such an amazing time with them. On the way home, it was not so amazing. Uh, we hit the beautiful, amazing, snowy weather through the pass there. It took us, um, ended up taking us... 13 hours to get home um, on Friday, and so we got home 9 o'clock at night, and so we rested a lot of the day yesterday, and, but it was so awesome because when you walked into the house, again, it's, it's great when the house is clean, and it's so awesome, but then this morning, it's like we walked into here, and we were like, now we're home, now we're home, and um, I will tell you, our kids and us, we missed all of you last week, we missed you all with such a passion. Our kids were so upset that we missed Social Sunday. Um, they were really, Emily just kept talking about, well, is Social Sunday this coming Sunday? No, sis, it happens once a month. You're not, we missed it, I'm sorry. We can, we can do it next month. Um, but she was like, just so upset that she missed Social Sunday. But, you know, one of the, the conversations that we had on the way down, and we're just discussing, we're, me and my wife were so excited to just begin getting away for a couple minutes to be able to, to regroup, to rethink, and to recharge our batteries. And we're just talking about the goodness of God and what he's doing, right? You've got eight hours in this long car ride. The kids mostly passed out in the back seat. And we're just talking and we're discussing just the goodness of God, how good he is to each and every one of us. And we're talking about the youth group and what amazing things are happening um, in the youth group. And we're just ex excited this week. We're starting something new in the youth group with small groups into our kids. And so we're talking about the ideas and we're getting on fire and and then we were talking about some kids that had come to visit us a couple weeks ago. And, and we we're like, oh, we didn't see them. We wish, you know, we would have reached out a little bit more to them. And we're talking. And I said, but I know, I talked to somebody who's a friend of a friend of theirs. And they said they wanted to do some church shopping. And so they were just looking at different youth groups. And my son, who's nine, he sits in the middle because we have a third row seats. So he sits in the middle with our youngest, uh, Eliana, to help us out with the baby. And he was like, daddy, I have to ask you a question. I said, sure, dude, what's up? And he's like, why would you church shop? And I said, well, you know, some people, that's what we did before we came here to Valley. You know, we were looking at different churches, trying to see where the Lord's leading us and guiding us. And he said, but I've been at Valley my whole life. Now, we did walk in when he was two years old, so, and he's nine now. So to him, that's his whole life, right? And he's like, I've been at Valley my whole life. Why would I want to go anywhere else? And I said, that's exactly right, dude. I said, you know, but unless, obviously, unless the Lord leads us to a different place, but we know that the Lord is doing something great, and we're so thankful to be here. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I, don't, I would never church shop. I never, I've never had to church shop before, because I've just been at Valley, and that's my home church. And I was like, awesome, dude, yes, you know? And uh, again, then they start talking about Social Sunday. They were really upset that they missed Social Sunday. Patty, we'll have to get some spaghetti for you to, 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 to make up for Social Sunday. And our kids start talking about it. And we're discussing just all these different things. And then we're talking about as we're coming down, you know, they knew that we were coming into a different state that was going to be a little different than Idaho. And we're kind of trying to brace them for this moment of like, hey, you know, we're going to be at someone else's house. We want to show the respect that they have. We're going to go into different stores. We're going to need to show respect. So there's, there's some things that we might have to do different that we normally don't do at home. And we're trying to, to describe what's going on. And, and, and me and my wife start talking about how amazing this is 
that my kids have this normal that we've created for them. And this normal in this fact of that they don't have to worry about certain things because mom and dad are taking care of it. Or because of the culture that we've created here at Valley, there's this normal of them being able to hear from God or them being able to, and again, they, that they, they, they love this place. They love being with their friends. They love being around people, all of you. And, and we thought how awesome and how much, and it, it made us like miss home, miss Valley Church even more because we were like, man, like we, we, we want our kids to be there because this is the normal that they're used to. This is the normal that we've created. And um, we start talking a little bit of some of the things that, that they've had to do. And, and we, we started just thanking God so much because it had taken me and my wife years to create this ceiling that now my kids are now they're going to be their platform that they get to build on. And, I, and, I, and I, I read this not too long ago, and it really made truth to it, that revelation becomes reality of the heart. And I thought, how much of the revelation that I'm passing on to my children, that it becomes their reality? Does that make sense? That it's something that with, within our own minds and within our own hearts and our relationship with the Father, that we begin to say, hey, listen, I know who you've called us to be, and I know what you're doing in our life, but I don't want it just for myself, but now I get to pass it on to the next generation. I get to pass it on to kids that might not... I uh, might not have ever known it because me and Ezzy were like, man, it took us years. We didn't grow up like this. We thought you had to do things a very specific way. We thought like for this to happen this morning, it would have to be hours of crying and travailing and intercessing and praying and praying and praying to be able to get it. And yet Pastor Lynn and, and Pastor Renee just step up and it's like the glory just falls. You know, and it's like, that's the normal that my kids are walking into. And that's the normal I want them to have is that no matter what they're going through, they know that no matter what's happening in their life, that they can call on God and he's going to be right there with them. It's not something that he's going to have to work for, strive for, or pump up or shake up. But it's something that when he calls on the name of Jesus, it's the relationship that he already has with his father that I have with my father, my heavenly father. And it's the revelation that we get to pass down to make their reality. And, and, and it was so awesome as we were spending time with our family. I got to tell you this story. I don't have a lot of time. So we're just going to kind of have some fun this morning, okay? Um, uh, this, we do these things at the house, devotion times. Um, I say we. I try to do it as much as possible. But my wife is really the, the enforcer behind this, okay? She is, she is the driving force. She's amazing at this. And so... Um, Devotion time. So we made sure we had our Bibles, we had our books, we had our, um, the kids had their Bibles, their coloring pads, whatever it may have been. And we get up the next morning, we drove down, we get up the next morning and we told, told my parents, we said, well, you know, we're going to do devotion time. Is, is that okay? And my mom's like, of course, like, I want to do it too. And so we pull out, and it, <laughs> you know, we pull out our bags and every kid's put out their backpack and it's like, it's the never endless bag. Because they're just, just pulling out like crayon after crayon after paper after paper. And my mom, and, and she's like, but I just have my Bible and notepad. I said, that's all you need. You know, it's okay. The kids just need more right now. <laughs> and so we, we go, we tell her, we kind of braced her. We kind of, you know, gave her the anticipation of, hey, this is what um, is going to happen. This is what we're going to do. We're just going to hear from God. So get a blank piece of paper out. We're just going to hear from God. And that's what the kids are going to do. And so... Uh, we get ready to get started, and she's like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And I said, just, it's okay. Just sit there. Like, just watch us. You'll, you'll be all right. You'll get it. Believe me. It's not hard. It's not difficult. I said, you'll be okay, Mom. And she's like, okay. So we get started, and me and Ezzy, we start, Ezzy starts playing uh, worship music for us. And, and we get started, and we're kind of reading through the Bible, and, you know, we're kind of just flipping and flipping through the Bible. And, and, um, and the kids start to write out, and Emily, oh, before, before we get started, Emily even said, she said, you know, I don't know how to write that good, Grandma. So I'm just going to draw pictures of what the Lord is telling me. She's six. Okay? Yeah. Like, let that sink in for a moment. She's six years old. And so she starts, we, we start this whole process, and we start listening, and we're praying, and we're soaking. And I just look over, and Emily's starting to draw hearts. She's starting to draw this big person, and then this little person, and she's starting to color everything. And my mom is just like, her eyes are getting bigger and bigger and more filled with tears as the time continues to roll on, as a grandparent seeing their kids, seeing her grandbaby start to do this. And, and uh, my son, who's nine, is, is um, you know, doing his, doing his best, and, and he's trying to write things out, and he's asking me, how do you spell this, or what do you do here? And, you know, you're kind of like, I'm trying to soak, right? And he's asking me how to spell, like, joy. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> like... 
you're nine. And I could feel myself. And so I'm reading and he's like, dad, dad. And so I heard him like end up talking, uh, asked my wife. He said, how do you spell joy? And I stopped and I was like, J-O-Y. Like, that's how you spell joy, okay? And, uh, but I looked down from the verse that we were reading and where I had stopped, I had stopped on the word joy. And I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, yes. I got you. I got you. I hear you. I hear you. And so Micah starts to write out these verses, and he's writing different things out. And we, we came to the point where we stopped. You know, we said we'd only give like eight minutes to start, and instead it ended up turning to like 35, 40 minutes is when actually the soaking period, this devotion time ended up stopping. And we started to share, and we said, who wants to go first? And Emily raised her hand. She's normally the first one to pray or the first one to share. She's, she's amazing, sisters. And she raised her hand, and, and, and she said, this is a picture of God, and this is a picture of me. And all these hearts are his love around me. And we're dancing together. And my mom almost breaks in tears. We almost all break in tears, because it's Emily. She's just cute and amazing. And... And we always break into tears, and I'm like, sis, that's so awesome. And she said, because that's what I feel like that God is telling me. She's six. That's the normal that we have created. Not just in my house, but here at Valley Church. Because I know Pastor Destiny, there she is right there. I know Pastor Destiny does, does that with the kids, that we believe completely 100% here at Valley Church, there is no junior Holy Spirit, right? It's the same Holy Spirit that lives and breathes inside of us. It's the same Holy Spirit that lives and breathes inside of our children. And uh, my parents thought that was the craziest saying because they kind of laughed. And they're like, we've never heard that before. I said, I know, but you're going to start to believe it when we leave here. I said, because my kids are going to, your, your grandbabies are going to show you this new culture, this new normal that we've created. That they'll be able to hear what the Spirit has to say to them and what he's talking to them about. So Micah tells us the verse, and he tells us about peace, joy, and like thankfulness, or something else, or something, happiness, and, and, and he's writing this all out, and this is on his paper, and we're going through, and we're sharing, and it's just so awesome, and, and it's time for my parents to share, my mom was doing it with the first day, and it's time for my mom to share, and she pulls out this paper, and it's like verse after verse after verse after verse, and she's like, I, it was easy, <laughs> that I could start to hear what God was saying. And he took me to this verse, which took me to that verse, which this verse connects with that verse, and that verse connects with that verse. And she's like so blown away because she's like, this is amazing. This is amazing what's happening. And, and, and we did this uh, basically every day. I think there was one day I think we missed because um, we got up a little late because we're at grandma and papa's house. So we stayed up late and then got up a little later. And, um, but we, we did this. And by the end of the time, even my stepdad was joining in with us um, and, and he's, and he's reading the verse and, um, the book as he had got me, it was just this, this notepad, um, before we left. Cause just to write down ideas or things that the Lord was speaking to me. And it's like two pages are missing because the Lord had downloaded something for my mom and downloaded something for my stepdad. And I gave it to them. And I told them, I know this is not how we grew up. And I know this is totally not normal for you, but I feel like this is what the Lord is saying to you. And I handed them the piece of paper. Now, whatever that did whatever that was and i'm sure she, my mom's probably gonna watch this so i don't want to say too much um but however that spoke to them even i know she kept one of emmeline's pictures um because i saw i think my mom actually stole it from her and and put it up on the on her um one of her things in her house um but i know that a seed was planted and when we left there my parents were so grateful as they were talking because my my, my stepdad had gotten a call from work um, why we were there because he had taken a few days off but he basically got told like here's early retirement don't come back and so it was like this shock of a moment and then some other things happened and when we got ready to leave they said we were so thankful we're amazed at god's timing because while you guys were here it felt like some of the craziest things had gone on but we feel so much peace because now we know what the lord has said to us or what he's doing and like even at the end of devotion, they're asking for prayer. Mind you, this is not something that we grew up with. This was something that we have created since we have been here. It's something that we have developed as a culture. And it was so awesome to be able to drive home. And I'm telling Micah, I said, well, are you ready to go home? Um, the night before, me and him had to go to Walmart to get some things for the car ride home. And I said, are you ready to go home? He said, yeah. He said, because um, I'm ready to get home to my own bed. I said, yeah, totally. I get that. And he's like, and I, I, I like our house. I said, okay, I, I'm thinking like, that's amazing. I'm going to tell my wife, yeah. 
you know, he loves our home. And he's like, because you can push the remote and everything just turns on for you. <laughs> he said, at grandma and papa's house, he said, I had to do this like thing that I had to put into this other machine and then I had to push two buttons and then, then the movie would start. And he's like, I, that was too many buttons for me. And I said, bro, the little thing is called a VHS tape. The machine that you stuck that VHS tape in is a VCR. Come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about, right? VCR. I said, there's little cords that run up to the TV that's plugged in. I said, and you actually were living the high life, bro. That was a DVD slash VCR mix. Like, you know, when grandma and papa were, were, were coming up, I said, they only had, you know, VHS tapes, if that. I said, and, and he's like, and then I had to push a button for it to like go backwards. I said, that's called rewind. And you want to push stop and then rewind because that makes it go faster. And he's like, well, I just can't wait to get home because I can just push two buttons and the TV turns on and the streaming video turns on and I can push these two buttons and it, and it rewinds 15 to 45 seconds or I can push it four times. And he's explained all this and he's like, and I haven't been able to really get on YouTube because at grandma and papa's house, they don't have a lot of internet. Um, so, you know, they were having like internet withdrawals. Um, and then... And then myself too, I can't just blame them because like my phone only worked if I only got to like a certain part of the house. So I tried to leave it there, put my headphones in and like try to walk different places and still made it go off. And so I'm having these same withdrawals as the kids because I'm like, I'm used to, you know, wireless internet and Wi-Fi and, and, and everything streaming. And, and, and yet, so that's my normal that I'm used to. But to go to some place that that's not quite their normal, I've got to now readjust. And my son was like, I just can't wait to get back to our normal of what we have. And I thought, how awesome is that, that yes, he wants to get back home just so he can push a couple buttons, and yes, so he can do those things, but he also knows that at my house, this is what we do now. This is a culture that we live. This is a thing that we've created. This is, this is what Holy Spirit has downloaded to us to say to us, and I thought that was amazing because, again, then they're talking the whole 13 hours, well, not the whole 13 hours, but the whole car ride home. They just can't wait to get home, and they can't wait to get to Sunday school. That was their highlight to get them through here. And so I think that when we start to talk about those things, it's really when we step back and we look at it and we say, well, I don't know if I really matter. No, you matter here. You really do. Each and every one of you, whether if it's your first time here or you've been here a thousand different times, we really care about you and we really want you to call Valley Church your home church. Now, I get it if you got a church shop, which you don't have to do it again because you found home. So I don't know. You don't get that out of your vocabulary. So we did the same thing. When we left here for the first time, almost eight years ago, uh, we came around this little corner and we turned and I was like, what did you think? And she was like, I don't, oh, let me give you a backstory. We had never been in a church like this before, okay? We came in thinking that they were just going to be, because it said Pentecostal, so we're thinking, you know, what we grew up Pentecostal. And we're thinking all these things and we sit in a section and we sit in between these two wonderful and amazing couples, one of them being Ray, Ray and Barb Kennard. And uh, do you remember this, Ray and Barb? Yeah, a little bit? Okay, because Don and Claire were on our other side. Like, we were here so early that there was no one else in the sanctuary. We chose a spot, and lo and behold, we sit in between uh, uh, Ray and Barb and Don and Claire, another family that was here at the time. And, and then um, these people get up at the altar, and they start doing this thing called prophecy or words of knowledge over um, their, the senior pastor, his wife, and then their daughter, because they're getting ready, she's getting ready to go to a school that like we had never even heard of this weird school of supernatural ministry and we were like that is crazy and then they're doing prophetic words and things are happening and we're getting kind of nervous but yet we couldn't leave because we had these two couples on the outsides of the aisles that wouldn't let us go not that they wouldn't let us go they would um and we we, we walked out of there and we started driving home and my wife turned to me and i turned to her and i said what did you feel and she said um i liked it and I said, I know too, it was really weird, but I liked it. And she's like, yeah, I think we found home. And I said, I think we did too. And from that moment on, we have never left this place. And that's almost eight years ago. So I'm not just telling you, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm waiting for my little like vest that has like eight years and running or something. I don't know, no, 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 um, no, it's so good though, because 
this was one of the first places that Micah, who's two, I think walked into Sunday school all by himself and like waved goodbye to us and walked in and loved it. And now they love it so much that they can't wait to be here. They love it on a Wednesday night when they come in. Micah was so upset, Pastor Destiny, that he missed leaders and training class on Wednesday night for the kids, fourth and fifth graders, to be able to do that. He was so upset. He's like, someone's going to take my place. I said, no one's going to take your place, dude. We all have a place at Valley Church. No, you don't understand. I'm a leader in training. I need to be there. I said, well, you're going to talk to Grandma and Papa about flying you home, bro, because you're stuck with us for the week. And we, and again, it's like, not everybody has this. In my son's mind, Valley Church is the only church in the whole entire world. And which I think is absolutely amazing. I told him, there is other churches, but we're not going to talk about those ones. <laughs> I want you to think this way of this, of our church here. But how much he, he has taken into his heart and into his mind and, and me and Ezra's parents to be able to say, hey, listen, this is the normal that we're going to create for you. That you're nine and you're going to hear from God. That you're six and you're going to start to get these pictures inside of your heart and inside of your mind to know who the Father really says about you. That you're going to start to know your true identity. It was like 20-something when me and Ez first walked into this church that we had no clue. We thought we knew who we were in Christ, but we had absolutely no idea until we really started to dive in and still really start to come into relationship with the Father of what He really has to say to us. And I feel like that's the normal that you and I have to create. That's the normal that you and I want to create here at Valley Church. That we just don't want you to walk in and leave the exact same way. When, we, when you walk out of here, we want you to be so pumped up with the Holy Spirit that you're going to know that, hey, I know what he's called me to do. I know what I'm supposed to happen. I mean, my son's nine and we're talking about him being an engineer and what he wants to do and what he wants to create. And I said, dude, let's do it. But know that I, above everything else, I want you to have a relationship with God. And that's his heartbeat. I mean, we might have to kind of talk about it a few different times because he's, he's like me and we have to discuss things a few times to get it into his head. But I know that's what he wants. And Emily, that's like her dream is to dream with God, is to, is to dance with him. I mean, she's, she's showing these pictures. I wish I would have brought him home. Obviously, I had to leave him for grandma so she could have him. Um, but I wish I would have brought him home. But you should see these pictures that Emily creates. She will turn on worship music and start twirling in the middle of the living room. Again, it's not that like we, we, we went to church and we had this relationship and it was great and amazing. But there was nothing like what we have today that we have this true identity, this true actual relationship that breeds into revelation that I am who my father says I am. And that I get the chance to be able to do that for my kids. I get the chance to be able to do that to show them of who God really says he is. And we really do. Um, I thought about Joshua uh, in the Bible. I guess we should get to some Bible to make it official, right? Um, I thought about Joshua as he's leading the people across the Jordan River. And um, Joshua chapter 3, verses 2 through 4. I'm going to just kind of read through about three, chapter 3 and verse 4. It's funny, Pastor Lynn came over and started praying for me. He's kept praying word, word. Like that's literally all I have as notes is just verse after verse after verse after verse, okay? So we're just going to kind of walk through Joshua chapter 3 and a little bit into Joshua chapter 4. I love these this chapters. Uh, I love this book. It's absolutely amazing. Joshua chapter 3, I have a New Living Translation. It says, three days later, the Israelites went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out of your positions and follow them. Okay, we have to stop here for a second. Joshua tells the people, when you see the, the Ark of the Covenant, when you see the priest get it on their shoulders, when you see that God is beginning to do something, you have to get out of the position that you have planted yourself in and you have to follow them. Isn't that amazing? Because didn't Jesus say that to the disciples? He said, I want you to leave what you're doing and I want you to follow after me. He said, you're not going you're not, you're not to be in front of me. You're not going to be uh, um, all these different things, but I want you to be behind me following in the footsteps. And that's exactly where I feel like we want to be here at Valley Church, here in my own life. And I hope that's your prayer. It's not just something that we want to live within these four walls on a Sunday or a Wednesday, but it's something that we want to do, that we want to live it on a day-to-day -day basis, that we are constantly following after God following what he's doing, following what he's saying. That's why I love it. When we go to stores and the Lord highlights, highlights somebody to somebody, to, to us, man, follow after it. 
Don't just push it to the side and be like, oh no, God doesn't speak like that. No, he can speak like that. And he's speaking to you. He wants you to do something. And here's the thing. It's like, oh no, he blessed me so I can bless others. Totally. I get it. But here's something that really struck a chord with me is that he blessed me because he loves me. And so I need to walk in that reality first, that he loves me enough to speak to me so that I can speak to others. Okay, and that's what he wants to do inside of our heart, inside of our minds here at this place, because we have it where it's so you can fulfill your purpose in Christ. And so that way, it's not about all about what he can just do for me, but what he, what he can do for others as well. And when I say yes to God, there's going to be some mountains that are going to be moved. When I say yes to God and when you finally say, hey, listen, I'm tired of running, but I'm ready to say yes and follow him wherever he's going. Let me tell you, there's going to be some amazing things that's going to start happening to you. But what would have happened if the Israelites would have said, nah, not today, God. Listen, I've got a lot of things to do. I've got, I've got kids to take care of. I've got a job I got to get to. I've got things to do. But, but Joshua tells the people, when you see the, the presence of God moving, move. And that's why I love this morning because I had received, I guess my own, my own thing is like when I had received from my own self was like follow the leader uh, for a prophetic word for myself. And so it has been like with Pastor Lynn to follow, to follow his leading. Like, but he's got big footsteps. I mean, he takes, he takes wide, like wide steps. Like it takes two of mine to catch up to him when we're walking around this place. But that's the way it is because I want to follow not just like Pastor Lynn's footsteps in the fact of how he's doing things, but in the fact that he loves God so much that it's about the presence of God and he's following it. And so it's like, I got to follow after it because I want the presence of God in my life too. Does anybody want the presence of God in your life? I love it. Yes. So this is what we're going to do. We've got to get out of our positions and follow them. Um, since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stop. You have never been here before. <laughs> How many of you have felt like that in your relationship with God? Yes. That I don't know what you're doing, God, but I'm going to follow you. I have no clue, but I want you to lead me and guide me. I love when this part steps because you have never been there before, but he's going to guide you. And I feel like that's the word for you today, that he's going to guide you. No matter what you're walking through, no matter what you're feeling, no matter your circumstance, trial, or situation, let me tell you something. When you say yes to God and I'm going to follow after you, he's going to lead you through some crazy times. He's going to lead you through some, 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 some areas that's going to be like, that's kind of a stretching moment for me. I don't quite know if you speak like that or you do things like that, God. But yet I know you're trying to create in me this new normal of who you are and what you're saying and what you're doing. And think about the legacy that now I get to leave my children to tell them. And not just me, please. Like, I'm not, if you don't have kids, I want you to know if you're here at Valley Church, my kids are looking at you as well. I love when we do, um, oh, help me. It just missed it. Baby dedications. Whew. Um, I've done a couple of them here. Um, but baby dedications, when, when we're doing them, and Pastor Lynn will then turn to the congregation and say, now it's your turn. Like, he talks to the parents. Hey, you've got to follow after God. The, the, um, the, family that comes up here in, in our last baby dedication with my daughter Eliana we had family here and they came up and my aunt was standing next to me and he's like now family do you promise to live a life that's pleasing to God and that's following after God so that they can look to you and he's like do you and you know they said amen and my aunt turned to me she's like I didn't know he was gonna ask me that <laughs> I said well hey listen <laughs> now it's your turn um and, and then, he, then we'd always turn to the congregation. We'd do the exact same thing because guess what? You guys matter. You matter to my kids. You matter to me. You matter to the person sitting next to you. You matter to even the person two rows in front of you. That what we're doing has an impact and a legacy onto every person around us. And so, and that's the thing. It's like when Joshua's telling them, and, and, and then in verse 5, he says, Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Purify yourself because tomorrow the Lord is going to do great things among you. I thought how awesome because Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 um, says it like this. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciousness from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. That Christ's blood is going to purify us from sinful deeds that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect 
sacrifice for our sins. That Christ said, I want you to have a new normal. I want you to have a, 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 a culture that you can walk in, and that is to worship the Father. And he said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to sacrifice myself so that you can walk in wholeness this morning. Whew. Let that sink in for a moment. That it's like Jesus just took it all so that you and I don't have to. And again, I'm not saying like it's a license, it's like a free card that we can do whatever we want. That's not it at all. What it is now is that I get to stand in right relationship with the Father. I get to stand blameless and, and confident and knowing who I am and who, who you can be as well. Because I've been there. I've been there where the insecurities start to get to you and the, and the times where it's like, oh, I don't know if this is going to really happen or I don't know if that's really going to happen. But yet it's like now I can stand with my head held high knowing I'm a son of the most high living God. I can stand knowing the authority that he has given to me to, to tread on serpents, to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to raise the dead. That's what we can do, that we can stand with that authority that he has given us, that we didn't buy it ourselves, but he bought it for us. Is anybody thankful for the blood that was, that was shed so that you and I can stand there this morning? Yeah. We're going to kind of skip down. I guess verse, verse 8, it says, give, the, give this command to the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the river, take a few steps into the river and stop there. Now, I've told you before, and I still live by it. If I cannot see the bottom of the lake, I am not going to get in it. <laughs> Sorry. And if I do get in it because, like, one of my kids drowned or is drowning, like, I will get in there, but I will be super scared the whole entire time. I am not going to lie to you. Like, if I can't touch the bottom... And I see the bottom, I know without a shadow of a doubt, Jaws is going to pick me out of everybody else and nibble on, or take me under, you know what I mean, and out of everyone else on the thing. So, so, so I thought about that for a second as I was, as I was not practicing, as I was going through my notes. I thought about that for a second. How fearful, right? Because we cast out all fear. So I'm saying that is no longer fear in my life. Right? No more in Jesus' name. We say no more like Irv. I was claiming that for myself. No more fear. No more. We shut the door on the enemy. Because I thought about that of that fear, I have allowed it for so much more to be a part of my life. But how much more does my heavenly father have that exact same thought about me that he wants to choose me and pick me up and turn me around and pick me out and say, hey, I love you. I want you. I want you. And it's like that same mentality as Jaws is like smelling the blood or whatever he, I think he's trying to get to. It's the same mentality that the Father has towards you and I that says, hey, I want you to be in relationship with me. So he gave his son, Jesus Christ, so that you and I can have relationship with him. That we don't have to live in fear anymore. We don't have to live in doubt anymore. We don't have to live in regret anymore. But we get to live blameless and whole in the presence of an almighty God. So, but please don't invite me to go to like Lake Lowell or something like, don't, don't do it. Take a few steps into the water. He, they're going to have to do something because if you want a new normal, you're going to have to get your feet wet. You're going to have to get your feet wet. You're going to have to do something that you wouldn't normally be accustomed to. You might have to come out into the front and dance a little. You might have to shout a little louder. You might have to clap a little louder. You might have to do something you're not really accustomed to because the Lord might start speaking to you at Walmart, telling you, hey, that person walked in with the crutches, but I, I don't want them to walk out with crutches. You need to go pray for them. You might have to get your feet wet because 2020, I think, has really taught us to be reserved a lot. Because of, oh, it's because of isolation. It's because we can't talk to people. Nobody wants to be touched. Nobody wants to be looked at. No, I'm sorry, but they still do. 2021 has got to be a time that we go boldly into it. And we say, hey, I'm going to get my feet wet. I'm going to jump into the river. It's going to, we sing that song. If he goes to the right, guess what? We're going to the right. If we go to the left, we're going to the left. Whatever he wants us to do, I want it to be that my heart says, yes, God. Yes to what you have. Yes to what you say. Yes to how you're doing it. And it looks crazy, but I know it works. <laughs> I know it works. Why? Because I've experienced it myself. When I'm like, there's no way he could talk to us like that. And then you go out on a treasure hunt and you're like, you're wearing the clothes that my paper says. <laughs> you're at the place. This is crazy. And then for them to have a Jesus encounter right there in the middle of the park. Come on. 
That is what we're going after this year. We want to say yes to God. If I've got to get my feet wet, we're going to get our feet wet. If we've got to get up from our position, our camp that we have put around ourselves, guess what? I'm packing up the tent and we're moving with God because there's something I know he's doing and I want to be a part of it. So does anybody want to be a part of it this morning? Okay, I don't work. Whatever verse, it doesn't even matter. Uh, Thirteen, sorry. And as their feet touch the water, the flow of the water will cut, will be cut upstream, and the river will stand like a wall. He's telling them when they touch that water, everything is going to stop from upstream. It's not just going to be a wall right where they're at, but the Lord is going to push it back even farther from them. So whatever you're going through today, I'm telling you, if you can just get your feet wet with God, he's going to push back the river. He's going to push back the resistance. He's going to push back the things that have been coming against you. And it's not just going to be like, oh, it's pushed back a little bit right here. No, he's going to push it back all the way farther from you because he wants you to know how good he is to you. It's not just something he just does and pushes it back in so nonchalant. It's something that says, hey, he's going to cut it off upstream, and it's not going to be able to touch you any longer. See, Isaiah 59 verse 19 says it like this in the New, in the New King James Version. It says it like this. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. It's the spirit of the Lord that's going to raise up a standard, not against me, but against the thing that's been facing me. It's about the thing that's been coming against you all year long, or all today, or all yesterday. But today, may we walk in the glory of God, that we fear him from the rising of the sun to know that it's the spirit of God that lives inside of me and breathes inside of me. That's going to raise up a standard against my enemy. Does anybody want that this morning? Okay. Sorry, I went and fast forward a little bit. Joshua chapter 3, verses 15 and 17, it said it was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But soon, as, but as soon as the priest's feet um, were carrying the ark, touched the water and the river, at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance to a town called uh, Adam. And the water... Excuse me. And the water below that point flowed into the Dead Sea until the riverbank was dry. Then all the people crossed over near to the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbank as the people passed by. They waited until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. They had created a normal for them. The presence of God had come into the midst of chaos, into the midst of the river, and held everything back so that you and I could cross it on complete dry ground. And then, I love it, says, they didn't just do it, and then they were like, oh, there's a few more people, okay, let's walk and let's figure it out. No, they waited until every person had crossed. And that's just like God. He doesn't leave you half-hearted. He doesn't leave you half-undone. What he does is he starts a good work and he finishes the good work in you. So whatever you're walking through today, I want you to know, oh man, God, I feel like I'm in the middle of the river. You totally might be because I've been there as well. But know this, he doesn't let you drown. Know this, he doesn't let you drown. He pushes back the water if you allow and say yes to him. He'll push back the water to show you how good he really is. But see, but we have to allow it. We can't allow the fear and the, and the insecurities and the things to come against us. We have to allow God to move because it's like one of those things, like Joshua was telling the people, when you see him move, you've got to get up and you've got to move. You've got to put your feet in the water. You can't just sit there. And then it says that it backed up all the way to the city called Adam. Come on. To a city called Adam, all the way back to the beginning. He took the sins away. He pushed the water back all the way to the beginning. He said, hey, I'm not just going to do it from today, but I'm going to do it from all the sins all the way back to, to make you completely clean, to make you completely whole so that those things can be healed, those scars can be renewed, your heart can be changed, your mind can be refreshed. He says, hey, I'm not just going to do it just for a little while, but I'm going to do it all the way back to Adam. Adam was the first man right? Adam's why sin entered the world. Come on, Adam. 
And Jesus said, hey, I'm going to push back the water all the way to Adam so that you can stand in relationship with God. So then the end, or verse, chapter 4. Whoa, okay. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, it says, When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose 12 men, one of each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them at the place where you will camp tonight. He says, I'm going to take you from where you thought you were supposed to be camping to where you're really supposed to be camping. I'm going to take you from the place that you thought was your comfort zone to the place that it might be a little crazy, but that's where I'm really calling you to. Because I'm not just, they weren't just going to try to get across the Jordan on boats. What they were going to do was have to now, after they're wet, now they have to get rocks and move rocks. What? Okay. I was just thinking this. Sorry. Because at my, at my parents' house, I wasn't even thinking this when I was putting this together. At my parents' house, they had this big pile of rocks that they were getting because they were uh, putting some rock down for their, um, on their driveway. And my stepdad was like, oh, I'm just going to get, a, 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 I'm just gonna get a, a tractor and just move it all around and we'll be fine. And I was like, nah, we're here. My kids were like, let's get shovels. And I was like, totally good idea. And so this big pile of mountain of rocks, we start getting them and we start moving them with shovels. And we start doing it and it, it did not work out so well <laughs> with a nine-year-old and a six-year-old and a three-year-old who wants to build a castle. It just did not work out so well. So I'm understanding now when he's saying, hey, you got to carry them out and pile them on the side because this is what's going to end up happening. You're going to build a memorial so when people walk past, they're going to know the goodness of God and what he has done. And then, so not only are you wet now, not only have you had to move now, now you have to actually do some work and you actually have to put some rocks on you and you got to walk out of the Jordan and you've got to pile them up, Okay. Now there's some, there's some work that's going to take for us to be able to see God really bring revival to Caldwell in 2021. There's going to be some work that you and I have now got to put in, a little bit of elbow grease, that we're going to have to get into it. to be able to say, hey, listen, I know what God is calling us to, and I know what he's going to do in our life, but we've got to do some work to get there. We might have to be some work at home. That's hard. <laughs> it might be some work at home that we might have to turn off the TV a little longer, so that we can be able to get in the word a little longer. So that we can be able to sit with our family a little bit more. So that we can be able to discuss the goodness of God with them a little bit more. Be able to know that, hey, you can hear from God a little bit more. Because how much are they really hearing it when we're sitting behind a TV constantly? Okay? I'm not trying to come down, please. Like, I'm not, that's not my heartbeat. Please understand me. Like, I'm just saying that in me, in, with me and my wife and our house, we've had to say, hey, listen, we got to turn it off. Um, not just the news, because that can, that can get to you real fast. But like, hey, we've got to turn it off because we got to make sure that what we're doing and what we're listening to and who we're listening to and what we're reading is something that's bringing life to our bones. It's something that's bringing life to our kids. And so I hope that's the same way with you and I, that we, that with you as well, that, hey, listen, if I've got to be like, like the children of Israel and I've got to pull out those stones and I've got to put them down the side... You see, because verse 6 and 7 says, we will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? And then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the, when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among all the people of Israel forever. I thought about Psalms chapter 78, verses 2 through 4. It says, for I now, I, sorry. For I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. Stories we have heard and known. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. Okay? We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord. About his power and his mighty wonders. These are the truths that you and I will carry to the next generation of how good he is, how glorious he is, and how powerful he is. That is not just going to be something. I love hearing of Azusa Street Revival. I love reading the, 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 the different stories of, of healings that had happened before. But I know that it's not just there just to read about, but it's there so that it can be implanted into my life, that I can walk it out, that I can do it to the next generation. 
because I want them to have a, in a textbook that they said at Valley Church that the fire of God fell so hard. That the people of God from Valley Church were the ones that were setting up Caldwell on fire with the Holy Spirit. I want it to be that not just something that we read about, but something that we live on a day-to-day, day-to-day basis with God. Because there's going to be some work and there's going to be some things. But we know we're going to build some memorials of the goodness of God, of what we have walked through and what we have done. It's 12 o'clock. I don't want to keep you any longer. But let me tell you just this. I love this part. And a few verses later, it says that when they came, the priests came out with the Ark of the Covenant. And they came out of the riverbed that their feet were on high ground. That their feet were on high ground. Because when you walk out of saying yes with God, thanks Jared, your feet will be on high ground. He's going to bring you through. And he doesn't just bring you through something to just bring you through it. But he brings you through it to bring you out of it and to make it better. To make you better. And to be able to show that, hey, listen, I get to stand on high ground with the presence of God. I get to be seated with him in heavenly places. That I don't have to worry about the overflow of the banks. I don't have to worry about all the things that are overtaking me. That I just got to know that as long as I'm following after him, that there's going to be this amazing stories that are going to be told of revival, of healings, of restoration, of things being put back together, that my children are now going to be able to say, hey, I want to be there. Like they, they already do. They already, like my kids do. They already want to be here. And I know your kids do too, because I hear the stories and I see them as they're running all around, as we're, as we're being a family. I know they love being here too. But I hope that that's our heartbeat to say, hey, listen, what I'm doing today is building a legacy for our children tomorrow so that when the mantle has passed and the baton is passed my son Micah who's nine is running at a pace that he knows that I'm hearing from God he's nine and I never even thought that way when I was nine I I don't know I guess I still like into Power Rangers and stuff I mean it does like that's what I was about and yet he's nine years old and he's already got his Bible and he's got his highlighter and he's highlighting verses in it and he's talking about how, how how amazing God spoke to him and he's got these things and it's like man when the baton gets ready to be passed to that generation it's going to be so exciting that we're doing it here at Valley that we're creating this normal of hearing from God in such amazing and powerful ways I mean even Joshua set it up and said this is what you're going to tell your children you're going to look back at those stones and say God brought us through then he's going to bring us through again he brought us through then and he's going to bring us through again. You see, because when the stones, those small stones were laid, the very next city they went to was Jericho. He brought them through run trial that they could overtake these little stones. That all they had to do was shout and these big stones came tumbling to the ground. Because their revelation became their reality. That, hey, I know the goodness of God and I know what he can do. So that's why when it was like, you're going to walk around the, the, these walls and shout, they were like, that's simple. Let's do it. I don't have to get my feet wet. I don't have to do it because I've already carried these stones. I've already done these things, but I know because I've seen God work here, I know he's going to do it again here. And you know what? We've seen him work so many times. There's been so many prophetic words that have been over our lives, over each and every one of us, over this place, over Caldwell, over all these things. But I think now is the time for you and I to rise to the challenge and say, hey, I'm not going to camp and stay here anymore. I've been seeing God move. I've been seeing him work. And now it's my time to follow after him. It's my time now to carry on the presence of God to the next generation. It's my time now that I get to do this. I get to co-labor with Christ. I get to see Jesus get his full reward. But I also get to see my children saved. I also get to see your children saved. Because I don't just do this for me and myself and I and my family, but I do this for you and for your family that you can walk into this place and your children can have a safe place to go to and your kids at Tribe can have a place where they're going and they're hearing the word of God where your family can come and be blessed. And now it's time for us to do that for somebody else that we got to say. So does anybody want to say yes to God? Come on, does anybody want to say yes to God? Would you stand with me to your feet? I didn't finish all my verses, but that was basically the, the gifs of it was even in Psalms when he talks about that the builders, the stone that the builders rejected now became the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing and it's wonderful to see. Because when you walk out of that valley or out of that dry place or out of that river or wherever it may be that you're walking through today, when you walk through and you give your life to Christ, I promise you it's the greatest decision that you will ever make 
It's the greatest decision that you will ever make. If you've never given your life to Christ, today's the, today's the day that I hope and pray that you do it. We have a ministry team here that's going to come to the front. They would love to get the opportunity to pray for you. But I want you to know this one thing, that there's a new normal coming. A new normal coming. The winds of revival are coming. And we better have our sails up that we be able to hear and follow after what the Lord is saying and doing in this place. Not just at Valley Church, but in our own lives and in our own hearts. That Lord, if you are moving in Caldwell, if you are moving at home, I want to be able to have my spiritual antenna up or even the spiritual sail that I can feel the winds of revival moving, the winds of your Holy Spirit moving. That God, that when we walk through, we're going to know the goodness of God. And we're not just going to know it for ourselves, but I'm going to teach it to the next generation. I'm going to teach it to the people around us to know that you're not just good for me, but you're good for everyone else around me. And you don't just do it for me to bring me through. But if you did it once, Lord, I know you'll do it again. I know you'll do it again. So, Father, we thank you for what you have done today. We thank you for what you are continuing to do today. We ask that you would bless us, encourage us, strengthen us. We say, Lord, to all those that um, have walked into this place for the very first time, we're so thankful that you're here. And we say, Lord, that they would have felt your presence, your love, and your power. And that they would walk in the fullness of who you are, of who they are as well, Lord, in you and through you. And we say, Lord, for all of us that call Valley Church our home church, that it's time to get our feet wet. It's time for us to, to, to pick up some stones and say, hey, I know you're moving, God, because I know there's a Jericho even bigger that all I've got to do is open my mouth and proclaim the word of the Lord, and you're going to bring it down and bring it to pass. So all those words that have been spoken, Lord, to us and about, uh, to us and through us, we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you for bringing us here. We ask that you would take us with safety as we leave this place. Let us just soak in your presence, whether it's here or at home. Whatever we do, Lord, just let it be. Let it be all to your glory and to your honor. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to have prayer here to the front, you're more than welcome to come up here. If not, if you've got to go, God bless you.